You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of the KC Laboratory. Welcome into another episode of the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank, member FDIC, a post-AFC Championship game victory episode. Getting used to this uh, here with my friends Craig Stout, Maddie Lane. Call it a Monday. Yeah, I seriously, and I we were talking yesterday. We've never podcasted about a team that's achieved less than an AFC Championship game appearance, overtime, and overtime uh, losses, even. So, like, this isn't. It's just what an insane run that we are all experiencing right now. This is insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Since we kind of got together and started covering the Chiefs and writing about it, the Chiefs have made it to at least the AFC Championship game. After 60 minutes of football, they have still been there. They have still been around. It's just crazy. It's just crazy to think about as long as, you know, we've been doing this now. That is all they've done. So, Craig, what what do we make of this? What do we make of this right now? This team is really freaking good. Like, uh, it just just is. Patrick Mahomes is awesome. Travis Kelsey is awesome. Andy Reid is awesome. It has been fun, once again, to be down here at the East-West Shrine game and to have all of the various fans of different teams kind of walk up, you know, Heard a lot of hey, save some for the rest of us. Oh, you know, can, yeah. Oh, and I'll say something that I think that's kind of interesting is we've been doing this for a long time. We have went to these, we have went to these, you know, games, and we've ran into people covering opposing teams or fans of opposing teams. Like you said, I think the narrative has shifted a lot because now, like some of the comments that you were making, people were a lot happier for Chiefs fans. Two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, than they are last now. Year. Even last year, yeah, it, yeah. There's like, there's like, definitely like some like weak the shift. There's a, there, yeah, the the villain, the villain side's definitely starting to play out a lot more. It's like just how we're seeing people react to us, right? <laughs> like, well, and the number of people that I've had to be like, hey, if it makes you feel any better, I've been covering this team since 2009. Um, and you know, I've been a Chiefs fan for obviously much longer than that, but in this since 2009 so we went through some rough patches back it doesn't help them anymore though right it doesn't like last year it helped to say that right like last year like oh i've been doing this for so long i deserve it and i think what really got the people is this year the regular season was so not even like bad just different than it had been under andy reeves like everybody fans especially of other teams and stuff but chiefs fans were like oh not that it's coming down but like this is what it's going to be this team is going to have some ups and downs coming Mm -hmm. off a super bowl they might have a down year that follows Ain't no down year coming. That's the thing. Yeah. I think that's what's really starting to get like set in for people as it just doesn't matter. And they're going to continue to do this over and over again. And yeah, I'm sure that's highly annoying for opposing fans that we have seen that here firsthand. Just talking to people that we see year in, year out, the same kind of people. You see them every year, kind of almost at this event or just a couple events throughout the year. You see certain people. And it's just like, you guys are doing it again. You guys have to, you guys get to go cover this again. You have to go cover this again. Can they just please stop? Can they just please stop? And I, I no. No, we'll, no, absolutely not. <laughs> well, someone said it. Someone did say it, it was like, uh, "Why don't you say something for us?" I was like, "No, sorry, can't do that. Uh, that's not going to happen." So selfish. Well, Such I, a yes. selfish. We're green. One hundred percent. Our our quarterback demands to be able to warm up in his own end zone. Uh, I'm still putting Bills fans through tables right now. Very high maintenance. Uh, Didn't you pick the Bills? No. Okay. 
that summer saying. Listen to five things. <laughs> we wouldn't let him change his prediction. I did, though. I uh, No, sorry. That's not the one that stuck, clearly. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks, everybody, that's hanging out with us, though. We really appreciate you listening to all of the stuff that we're doing here at KC Sports Network, and we're going to have you covered for the next two weeks the same way we have you covered every single week here at KCSN. Um, you know, I, one of the things I, I keep continuing to think about, and like I think you brought up uh, you know, talking about just how trying this this uh you know this season's been real i mean trying's a relative word right the stark stark difference in what we've expected of this team versus what we've seen of this team you know has been a little bit of a shock to the system for people sitting on the outside and i you know honestly i think it's probably to an effect the people on the inside too like they if you hear some of the post game press conferences that we've had be able to consume after the fact I think they all kind of like there's some acknowledgement that there's been a lot more rough patches in this season than, you know, and, and some issues that they've had to deal with and work through to get to this point. Um, some people have credited it as a point of strength, something that has actually helped them push through some of the, you know, walls that a Super Bowl team might hit, especially as many games as this team's played. But, you know, they've overcome their struggles. They've kind of figured some things out offensively. I mean, the defense is going to continue to travel, but, um, you know, I, I it's we're going to they there are going to be moments like this. There's going to be a thing every year because it's just hard to maintain a good football team the way that this team has. But I just, it, this is the first version of us getting to see them overcome something that is so glaring in their team since, I guess, since Mahomes' rookie year with the defense, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, I don't think any of us pegged this as the best Chiefs team that was going to be no. competing for a Super Bowl this year throughout the season once we saw it. Now, I don't know. Maybe we do have to reassess because the defense has been that good and it has continued to be that good this entire time. And so, you know, maybe we do have to reassess slightly. Maybe it is just as far up there as some of the others are. But, I mean, yeah, it's going to be difficult. The NFL is hard to win. The Chiefs are just really good at finding ways to win. But even in this game, I mean, it wasn't like this game was easy. There was ups and downs throughout this whole game. They had to overcome essentially the same general flaws they've dealt with all year. But that's the point. This team does consistently overcome those flaws or overcome enough of them that it puts them in position to go to at minimum the AFC championship game overtime. So like, yeah, I, I think we all have to remember this and Craig's been joking about this, but not joking since last night. What do we do with the regular season going it's, forward? Uh, it's, what do we do? You keep listening to KCSN is what you do. I mean, yes, I know, <laughs> but like it, it's one of those like throughout the year as we're sitting there and we're looking at the wide receivers, we're looking at some of the deficiencies, you know, at the, the offensive line had some up and down play this year. Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey didn't look their best at times this year. And we spent a lot of time on that. And there's always that thing, that kind of nagging thing in the back of your brain. And some of you, you know, that are commenters will make sure to, in there and remind us all it's like hey listen Andy and this team will figure it out once they get to the postseason and it's true and that I mean they that has to be terrifying for anybody that's a general manager in this league working for a team in this league or anything like this you can think that you got the Chiefs figured out you can think that you found a fatal flaw with them you can think that you have a real beat on them but as long as they're in the dance at the end of the season, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we got to see for the first time this year the Chiefs not having a home path to the AFC Championship game under Patrick Mahomes. 
And it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. He was outstanding. He was absolutely outstanding he, against the Bills. He was terrific against the Ravens. It was, you know. Uh, yeah. I think you said something there. Like, they're always going to be there. And you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. If you're an opposing team, you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs. And I think the Ravens, they made the mistake. They they took it personally that people were, like, asking them about dealing with the Chiefs. But they Correct. said, no, no, no. They have to deal with us. Mm-hmm. We have been the better team all year. You have to come deal with us. And I'm like, yeah, that may be true. Have we not gotten to the point? I mean, I think you have to be at the point now, like, no matter what happens, you're having to deal with them. They are there. You have to address them. They're not addressing you. Correct. You, It's your job to go beat them. And if you don't go beat them, they are going to beat you. It's like, you got to take everything into your own hands. Everything about it is you having to go out and best them, not them having to figure you out. Because guess what? They have number 15, and he's got it kind of figured out. And the other part of that is it doesn't really matter what happens in the regular season? You're not sitting there as a defensive coordinator watching this offense from this year and going, I got some tendencies. I've got some tells. Yeah. We think we know how to stop them. They came out with something completely new. They came out with something a little bit different and they moved the ball more effectively. It was just executed at a completely different level. So instead of just being in this situation where you're saying, okay, well, maybe we'll be able to stop them once they get to the postseason. Maybe we'll be able to figure some of this stuff out. Instead, you're looking at this and you're just going, well, damn it, man, like, where do I get my tape from? Where do I get my tendencies from? Where do I get some of these ways to stop them? Because the Ravens were, again, I know we joked a little bit about the DVOA and stuff like that, one of the all-time greatest teams, but they were an insane defense this year. They were absolutely terrific and they were absolutely terrific for lots of this game mm-hmm. and it didn't matter partially because of the defense but those first two drives moving forward mike mcdonald figured out the tendencies figured out what he needed to do with justin figured out what he needed to do and the chiefs that, turtled up a little bit and the tur- chiefs turtled up a well, little bit but that was all it was needed yes for the chiefs so let's, let's talk about that a little bit yeah. because I, I think the farther removed we get from the game and the more you hear from some of the players and some of those kind of things, yes, the Chiefs went out early guns blazing, put together two outstanding drives and scored 14 points right off the top of the game and were held to three to the remainder of the game. Um, you know, we haven't got a chance to look at the All-22 quite yet, but I can't wait to watch that just because, you know, I want to see just, you know, what was there and what wasn't. I, you listen to Patrick Mahomes, and we talked about this on the post-game show, but Mahomes has been outstanding, and it hasn't always necessarily been in lighting up the scoreboard and going out and making unbelievable, spectacular plays when his team needed him. All I know is when they did need those plays early in the game to get those, to get those possessions extended, he went out and took some really calculated risks. He made some big plays. But Mahomes, when you listen to him talking about that game after the fact— he said, you know, up 17-7, he said we felt, he felt good about his defense. He said, you know, let's let them go take this game. Let them, let them go lead this game. Adjusting his play style. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this has been – and he's been outstanding this entire playoffs. And I, we shouldn't expect anything less because the last playoff was unbelievable. He did it all on a high ankle sprint. He was, um, he was in, in insane. And this year we've got a healthy Mahomes playing and managing games. And it sounds like such a negative thing, but he's not doing it in a boring, timid way. Right. He's doing it with un, like unbelievable focus, attention to detail, and a, a, a really good calculation of what his team needs to win the football game. And so we obviously we're hoping for one more possession to get pushed, to, you know, to get pushed across that goal line. Of, you know, twenty four seven ends that game, but 
he didn't go hunting for 24 because they felt good about 17 being enough. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, he's at the justice game year after year, right? And like, that's part of what makes him so great is we've seen all these different iterations of Patrick Mahomes and he's adjusted his game. And every year there's just enough of every other version of himself that you know it's all still there. This year, it's another different version. It's not just protecting the ball, taking. It's not just what's taking what's there. Like that was last year's thing. This year, they tried to start the year that way, and it it's not working. Right? They couldn't continue to go the whole way that direction, and so he adjusts. Now it's no longer like I'm not even taking what's there to be the conductor of what we're getting to the to this victory. Right? He's just like, oh no, somebody else is going to do it all. The defense is going to take care of this as long as I keep our offense essentially on schedule. A three and out is the worst thing. Our turnover is the worst thing. A three and out's right up there next to it, but we're fine with 20 yards and a punt with the way this defense is playing. Yeah. It's you don't have to push. You don't have to press and get anything more than that. And I think he understood that very much in this game. I would have preferred to see a little bit more <laughs> in the second half. There's And especially, especially in the second half, I think there was a couple times where the play broke down. And I think Mahomes was extra careful of not mm-hmm. trying to get it, or he just simply wasn't making a play. That's also a possibility. Mm-hmm. He just missed a couple throws. Like that's a that's a possibility. There's just once the play broke down, I thought we were starting, we were going to get one more, two more special Mahomes plays, and essentially we didn't get that until the final third down play sure. of the game. That was even that was in, within structure for right, sure. Right when they needed it, you mean? Right. <laughs> right when they, yeah, but it's just there was something he missed though. Hey, the game could have been ended earlier had a play been made earlier. So was that him? You know trying to pull it back and just play extra safe was that him just simply missing a throw either one is a possibility but like that's still what they needed they still needed that person to win the game that was still the right quarterback play to win this game of football and that that is the the final step I mean maybe he'll do something extra on top of this I think that's the final step of Patrick I was like do you need me to air it out and throw it downfield do you need me to be short and take throw the ball 50 times in a in the wind and negative some odd degree temperature do you need me to do this that do you want me to hand it off whatever you need I'm gonna do better than anybody else and every game can be different and he can handle it all I want to ask you guys this question do you think if this game is close like let's say it's a three-point game or god forbid the Chiefs are down seven do we see a different version of Patrick Mahomes 100 percent absolutely and I think that that's what it is I and I mean I know the correlations that everybody's making to Tom Brady right now. Like, I I get it because, once again, he's now in the rarefied air of being one of the two. Like, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. He's just one of the two guys that is at this level. The number of times that I, myself included in this, have looked at some of these Brady postseason games or some of these Brady wins and things like that, that I've looked at this and I've just gone, oh, man, I don't think that he was particularly good. Yeah, he was a little bit efficient, but not. it wasn't anything like wowing numbers or anything like that. That's because he had a defense that they trusted. That's well, because he was allowed, his job was to make sure that things stayed in front of him, the clock stayed running, you didn't make back-breaking mistakes, and he did it time and time again. We are in that phase with this particular yeah. football team right now. Well, and I'll add, I think this version of Mahomes actually does some of that stuff better than what Brady did. Even if you go and look yeah. at Brady, some of the Brady's AFC Championship games are abysmal. Multi-turnover games. They are. And it's like, so like he's definitely like, Brady's Brady's got carried. But it's playing some with those structures. It's playing. Yeah, it's, 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 no, it, it's yes. being what's needed. It's, it's not even it's playing it's with exactly. that structure. It's being a different yeah. quarterback every yes, single game. Every single you. game's different. And yeah, Brady might have some games where he's quote unquote Garrett, but how many of those times, how many of those turnovers came 
when the team needed it, how many of those came yeah. when he was the reason they didn't win that game? I just didn't happen. So well, I get what you're saying. I'm yeah. just saying I'm just saying Mahomes is better uh, than Tom Brady. That's all. That's all. <laughs> yeah. No. I just yeah. I think that adjustment to his game is very important, and it's been vital. I'm intrigued to see where that goes moving forward too, because there's obviously going to be more stuff every single year. It, it, and before we move on too much from the offense, I, I did want to say this too. I wish the Chiefs could run the ball a little bit better. Yeah. I would feel a lot better about this if there was just some success trying to run the football when they were trying to play conservative. When you're trying to be conservative, when you're trying not to make the mistakes, you're trying to. The Chiefs were trying to milk this game out. They were trying to shorten it up. They were really bad at it because they couldn't. Not even just run with success, but they could not just run at all. Every mm-hmm. time they ran the ball, it was one two yard gains. One two yard gains. Pacheco averaged what two point one yards per carry. Two drives. He averaged two point eight yards per carry. Two per carry, and you remove those first two drives, that number's going to go so low. It's just they couldn't get anything going in the run game. And if that is the transition you make, if that's the team you need, if that's the Mahomes you need, you need to have something more. You need to have something more out of the run game, and I don't think not that it's a problem moving forward. Again, there's exactly one game left, but that is something that kind of have your eye on. It's like, okay, this is what you're saying you need to do in this game. This is the route you're going to take. You got to be a little better at it than they were. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I get that, but you know, this team's going to look even different next year. Like uh, I think different all, in two weeks. Different in two weeks. I think we all know that they're going to be, you know, making a concerted effort to add weapons for Patrick Mahomes next year to add ancillary pieces to that. I think they feel good about the defense. I think they feel good about what they've built so far on that side of the ball. The focus is going to be on the offense. So next year, the offense will be different. The year after that, it's going to be different. This is not... I think we see some of these teams with these offenses that are so good and so effective and everything like that, and then you get one team to come along and one defense to come along that now all of a sudden you're like, oh man, they kind of broke the code. They cracked the code. They're able to do this. This is a testament to what Andy Reid, Brad Feach, this offensive staff, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey have built within this organization that they can continue to evolve and continue to reach the heights that they need to do and execute the way that they are. Yesterday's offensive performance was not one that we're going to look at and we're going to be like, man, this is outstanding. This is teach tape. Let's put this on out here and do all of this. But it's exactly what was needed. I have one more question about the offense that I want to get to before we move on to the defense, but we're going to take a break and be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Uh, we are here at the East-West Shrine Bowl recording an episode of the KC Laboratory, uh, obviously celebrating yet another AFC Championship game. And I wanted to ask one more offensive question to you guys before we kind of move on to the defense. Um, and, the, like, we don't need to complain about the refs. Um, the Chiefs get all the calls um, and the checks cleared for all of them. Um, how different do you feel about this game um, if Rishi Rice's touchdown counts significantly, I mean, from an offensive perspective, is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I think that it. I, I mean, Will was puckered during the game, I guess. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it, it, but I don't know that I feel supremely differently because it was still a dump off that Rishi Rice was able to. It was, it was a design screen. It was. It was great. Yeah, yeah no, it was, it was a great. great I'm not trying to take anything away from the play, but I don't think it's one of those. And I'm like, man, now all of a sudden I feel like. Mahomes was lawless and has mm-hmm. all these gaudy stats, and I feel really good about it. No, I, I I think they just iced it a little bit earlier, differently, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. a little bit different, but not not supremely different about the offense. I don't think it changes a whole lot on the, like the offensive outlook of the game because like even from that point, all, well, they were struggling a couple drives leading up to that, and they have that drive, and yeah, they have a couple holding penalties of some kind there that take away Rice's touchdown. But it, to Greg's point, it was a well designed, well called out screenplay, executed extremely well, awesome play, but. The offense still struggled along throughout the second half after yeah. that. It's like, no, it doesn't change my opinion. I, I agree with Craig, though. It puts the game not away, but, but like they get out way ahead a lot earlier. You are a little bit, you celebrate a little bit earlier. Ice adjacent. Pro- the defense probably tees off a little bit earlier, and yeah. I would love to see like what that change is. I think that that touchdown not going through allowed the Ravens to continue to run their general like basic offense at that point in time throughout the second half. So like, yeah, it probably changes the outcome of the game. Maybe the Chiefs win by even more because the Ravens have to press. But yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day, like it, that was that play seemed more like a one-off rather than like an entire drive that would change my opinion on how the offense performed. Yeah, I was just kind of curious. You know, that would have added a few more points on the board, and like we we do need to give some credit to the Ravens, right? Like, oh yeah, well, okay. I mean, they're credit. They they were getting run all over to start the game. That was a big part of it. And the Chiefs are coming out and gashing them with split zone stuff, which like, hey, it's one of the runs the Ravens were pretty bad against for mm-hmm. some other good offenses. Well, guess what? After, like, drive three, they kind of had the answer. Anytime a tight end went across, they just spiked in from the backside and chased everything down. And then their defensive line played great. Their linebackers did a great job filling, so linebackers were holding the guys up. They weren't allowing offensive linemen to get to them, but they made a great adjustment to the split zone. And the Chiefs never got away from it. I think that was maybe a problem, right? The Chiefs' adjustment to this happening was slower developing run plays. Yeah. And, like, I, I didn't like their adjustment when split zone didn't work. But, again, two weeks from now, this is an entirely different matchup. We've seen the Chiefs play three games in the playoffs now, and every single offensive game plan has been wildly different. Yes. So I'm not going to hold on to it too much now that this game is over with. And I also feel like that's one of those that, you know, Andy turns to Spags and says, we're good, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, we're good. Okay. Well, we're not going, again, I've said it multiple times before, this is a game that Andy Reid loves. And it's an AFC championship game. He showed what he needed to show in the first two drives of the game, and that was enough. Mm -hmm. He didn't have to get 
deeper into the playbook. He didn't have to get further down the road. Before we move on to the yeah, well, defense, yeah. the one thing yeah. that mattered, yeah. that I loved, that changed a little bit there, a deep shot to end the game. Yeah. Hey, well, you're going to run cover zero against us. We're going to go over the top. They they took so like I think there there's it was so it was just a very calculated, measured, been there, mm-hmm. done that, work been like performance in the AFC Championship game, which I think is one of the scariest things. Yes. It's just how this team handled this version of their of their team and kind of figured it all out and just they're not emotional. They weren't emotional about it. The Travis, Travis was a little bit. Yeah, I mean, but it was basically yeah. being prompted by Right. The entire Ravens reacting. Team. Yes, it was a reaction, and he actually there was a relatively tempered reaction, right? For sure. Um, they weren't intimidated. They weren't. Nothing. The Ravens were really trying actually affected them at all. In fact, it actually hurt the Ravens drastically. It did. Um, I think Mahomes referred to like kind of used the term aggressive about like I don't need to be aggressive. You know, he didn't feel like he had to be as aggressive. It's there. It's still there. The first two drives should tell you it's still there. The play calling in the rest of that game should tell you, you know, that they probably scaled back a little bit. Throughout all this, managed the game. They they did a it, it wasn't aggressive. It was aggressive if they needed to be aggressive. I think they could have they could have put the, you know, put the pedal on the metal, but they didn't. They need, need to. to, and you know, they took the opportunities that were given to them still because you know Mahomes drops back and they go try to win the game aggressively with a pass attempt on third and eight. Yeah. The Ravens bring the house. And the one thing that's really ailed this team. And one of the things we pointed to this team, Marquez Valdez Scantling drops, comes in and makes an unbelievable play to close this game out. It was very poetic. And it kind of just shows you what this team has done to you know, make huge strides in the back half of the season. That's why they're here to this point. But the reason they were even in that position is because of the defense. Um, I don't even like. It's it. It's it's fun to watch. It's kind of surreal to experience that. And like, I think it's you want to talk about like culture shocks on this team. I think it's not just the fact that the the offense has just not been what it is. It's the fact that the defense is just playing at such a remarkable level in ways that we've never really seen them play. And it's just like. I, I don't know. I, I we we we've become so accustomed to shootouts, but this team hasn't really gotten a shootouts in, in an entire season. And I'm just like, it still doesn't feel real how good this defense is. I, I think then Chiefs easier into it a little bit, right? C. Spagnuolo turned all of his defenses up in the playoffs. Oh yeah, right. And so like, no, it's not the same. This defense is better, and they're still turning it up. Like they they gave you a flash of what this defense is going to do in the playoffs. So it's not like it's a complete wholesale shock to me that C. Spagnuolo is coming out and out scheming or coming up with a perfect game plan against opposing offenses, right? Like that that's something we have now seen numerous years in a row. It's not that part, but the defense clearly is a lot better, and similar to the offense, every single week is something a little bit different. You're going to get different looks. You're going to get all this different stuff completely tailored to attack the offense, and we talked a lot about Mahomes changing his play style or his demeanor or whatever to be what the team needs. D. Spagnuolo makes that defense whatever it needs. Actually, even better, he makes the opposing offense into what he kind of wants it to be. He forces the opposing offense to do something different than what I think they want to do. And the Bills might be the only team in recent weeks that really bunked that trend because the Chiefs, it wasn't a shootout, but the Chiefs and Bills were trading points, right? Yeah. Like they were trading points in offensive sex. That was the one 
small tiny blemish on what this Chiefs defense has been for the past two months. And even then, it still locked it up in the second half. They still allowed almost no points to them. And they still made them play with Josh Allen checking the football down and running the football. Yeah. You want to tell me that that was what the Bills really wanted to do? Not at all. Part of the game plan? Sure. But the whole game plan? Absolutely not. So, like, that's what Steve Spagnuolo is doing. Mahomes is doing what he needs to do. He's being the quarterback he needs to be. Steve Spagnuolo is making sure that the opposing offense is not what they need to be or what they want to be. And it has been working out phenomenally. Steve Spagnuolo made the Ravens not run the ball. Yes. The Ravens, yes. Uh, this, uh, the, that is so far away of what their strengths are as a franchise for years. Now, Steve Spagnuolo held this Ravens offense to 81 rushing yards on the day. 81. I know that people are going to look at that and go, well, that's still pretty good. You know, 81 rushing yards, that's not bad. Some yard run from Lamar? Yeah, absolutely. But mm. this is the first time that the Ravens have not rushed for over 100 yards since week one of wow. 2022. Oh, wow, man. Did not expect that. Coming. Two years. Two years that the Ravens have leaned on the run game, and we've seen that. That's what is going to earn Lamar Jackson the MVP this season. What they have been able to do with the run game, setting up him running the football, which he is excellent at, setting up some of the deep shots, which he is excellent <laughs> at. That's what they tried to do. And when the run game couldn't get going, they bailed on it. Spags made them play left-handed. Mm -hmm. He really did. He forced them into a pass-heavy script, throw in the intermediate areas of the field, try and beat our secondary with this. One of the reasons why we talked about the Ravens being such a poor matchup with the Chiefs is that they're going to commit to the run. He is a scrambling quarterback. They don't have to air things out to make this happen, and that's what makes them so dangerous is that they can keep themselves in the game with people's legs, dump-offs, being able to get the ball out to Mark Andrews, being able to get the ball on drag routes to Zay Flowers, which still worked, by the way. I, I don't it, for a small yeah. stretch of the game. I mean, it, it really it it wasn't like it was a four-quarter you know, trend they were able to identify. But Todd Munkin had to get out the good stuff, where he's basically the number four that got matched up against Nick Bolton, yeah. and it still only sometimes worked in those scenarios. So Spags made them play such a different football game than they have all year long and you go out and you look at this and it's 10 points 10 points well outrageous i think what's so wild too is seven of those points the, the the biggest opportunities for the ravens came on chiefs mistakes too yes, and sure. it's like everything outside of the one touchdown drive where you know they they run a great fourth and one play that turns into a 23 yard oh, game awesome even though Treshawn wharton was held um, and then they try that inverted two and just bust that, and that turns into a big explosive play. The Chiefs will eventually keep that from becoming a touchdown, but it just felt like for the, like for 58 minutes of that game, the Chiefs were in a lot of control. I mean, they, they really weren't. They put together one real, like really one drive mm -hmm. outside of giving up explosive plays, and that's when they started kind of hitting some of the underneath stuff with Zay Flowers. Work the flats a little bit more. Chiefs were blitzing. That also came when the Chiefs' defensive front was absolutely gassed. Exhausted. And they were just playing like soft shells behind it to not give up the big play. And yeah, they, they moved the ball. And that was obviously something we kind of expected them to do the whole time. But the, the defense, again, similar to what we just talked about. They made the Ravens a drop-back passing game. Or wasn't just getting loose. I mean, like, yeah, he bought he bought plenty he of time he in did. the pocket yes. to get plays, but like he wasn't getting out there and running towards the sideline. It no. was just drifting around, moving around in the pocket to make plays. He wasn't 
getting towards the sideline, stretching the defense horizontally, making defenders come out of coverage, mm -hmm. and to come commit to him before making throws, they kept him in the pocket. They kept a lid on most of the passing plays, right? They were doing a phenomenal job. Contain rush was elite. They were making the Ravens be a drop-back passing team, and the Ravens had some success doing so. When the Chiefs made mistakes, they didn't really just out-execute the Chiefs at any mm -hmm. point in time down the field. They kind of got a couple mistakes. You have whether it's a linebacker slipping off of a sack, whether it's Mike Bunnell not being lined up in the right gap to start a fourth down player, and you know whatever it may be, right? So there's a great job. It's just what it's what C. Spagnuolo has been doing. He is making all these offenses just completely have to play a different brand of football than they want to. And I mean, the Chiefs' offense is kind of doing the same thing. But the thing is, they have the quarterback that can do it. No other quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, so they can't do that. Lamar Jackson couldn't go out there and just be a drop-back quarterback in this game and win this football game. We saw that. He couldn't do it. Yeah. He simply couldn't do it. He wasn't good enough. Yeah. As soon as the Chiefs hit 14 points, he knew he wasn't good enough, and it was over. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's the difference between the two teams right now. I mean, Craig said, you know, Steve Spagnuolo made him play left-handed, and Lamar looked like he was throwing left-handed at times in that game. So, I mean, they made Tua to his second read. Left-handed. Tua played left-handed. Yeah, right-handed. He did play left-handed <laughs> because he's left-handed. But they made Tua play to his second read. That was the big game plan with that. Pat the ball, we got him. Correct. They made Josh Allen become a check-down merchant. And he did. And I, to refer, you Josh know what? Allen was excellent. I, I appreciate Josh Allen more coming out of Correct. the AFC Championship I game. You agree? Than I, than I did because what he, how he managed that game mm -hmm. was exactly how Patrick Mahomes has kind of been in a lot of ways. Not 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 hat for hat. He did what he, did he, what he did needed exactly. to do for them to be in that game. Correct. Exactly. But not the game that they wanted to play. Right. And then he made the Ravens play as a drop back passing team. That's it. at every turn here, the Chiefs defense has just created that little bit of extra something that it's not just, hey, we're better than your best. It's we're forcing you into what you don't want to be. And it it's it really is special to watch. It's right remarkable now. how much they've been able to do that. It really is. And like I think that's one of the things is, is just how shocking it is when you look at the numbers, when you talk about the lack of running the football and just how quickly they gave up on it. Now they try to they, they still try to break tendency and or man, not even break there's just a lot of play action. Like yeah. they were still trying to, to to run a lot of play action out of it. And the Chiefs actually really didn't bite very much on it. Some of it was game script. Some of it was just they were very disciplined, and I, they had something on that because they weren't really committing to the, the play action all that much. And I, I wanted to mention that we can go back one more postseason game, at least just because I can't remember beyond that. They tried to make Jalen Hurts a drop-back passer, and he did Yeah, in that in that Super Bowl. It and, it, and, he and he made throws. So, I mean, like— it's consistent. It's not just this year that he's doing it. It's been in previous years. Yeah, no, I, and that's what he's done. I, it's phenomenal. And then, like, you pair that. So you're making the he's making the offense. He's taking away what they want. He's making them play a different way, doing so enough that opposing offenses aren't even really trying to force, trying to force their a game on them. Right? They're just abandoning it. Right? And so then the next step is okay. Now you've got to cause some kind of chaos. And with Steve Spagnuolo, we know that's there. Can't mention it. Yeah, they blew a coverage on like a half you know, field inverted to rep, and that's where Zay Flowers loses LeJarrius Steed, has a big play, gets a taunting penalty. And there's a couple other blown, blown things here, but, like, they're mixing up coverages, and you could tell Lamar Jackson was a little a little thrown off by some of it. He would get to the back of his drop, and I'm not saying guys were open or not because we can't see everything as of yet when we're recording this, but you could just tell he looked unsure of what he was about to see, so then he would start to move, or he'd try to sling the ball out to the side. It wouldn't be inaccurate, or it'd be a short throw for absolutely no reason. Then you mix in the contained rush, 
But then sometimes you're getting pressure. Sometimes you're getting blitzes. Sometimes it's all out. Sometimes it's just five. Sometimes it's just the mush rush where everyone drops out. And did it not feel like the rush was very often kind of coming off the edge a lot more? Maybe they're still trying to have some some lane discipline. It felt like there's a couple still, but it felt like there was still really good lane discipline even when they were blitzing. I feel like the Chiefs didn't rush a lot of backers or DBs through the interior. And when they did, it was on a zero blitz. They were not sending just a backer up mm-hmm. the middle. They were sending their athletes off the edge. And that's probably part of the container. So that's what it is. It's a container. So Legereus Steed gets up in his presser. He is asked how many coverages they play. And now Legereus <laughs> gives a tongue-in-cheek answer by saying two okay he's smiling they didn't only play two coverages but he mentioned zero and he mentioned tango it's kind of cheating tango's a bunch of different coverages more or less it's cover two if you were going to have a two by two balanced offensive formation and it's going to become some form of cover three single high against a three by one that's the most basic way we can go through it but what it means is that it's a five-man pressure they are going to be bringing five guys but almost always the nickel or the will linebacker rushing are contained rushing when you run tango and cover zero, zero is pretty self-explanatory. That's man coverage. But that's their adjustments, right? They are contain rushing an athlete or they're playing zero when they send everybody to not do that. And like, I'm not saying that this has completely stumped the Ravens, but the way the Chiefs disguise it, the way they mix up the back end stuff with the different coverages or which guy is blitzing, it clearly gave the Ravens a little bit of pause. They clearly weren't getting quick answers. They were not finding the correct hot read. They were not getting somebody that was open and it was great. I mean, the plan worked to a T. Trent McDuffie's one of the best blitzers in all football. And he, I, I can't wait to see how many times he blitzed, but it couldn't have been more than just a couple. Right. He wasn't the one coming on the majority of them. He faked it a lot. And a couple he did. It, and they worked. It was just like, it was just great. It feels like they brought a lot of different people. Maybe the number of people they brought, like, Drew almost gets a sack. Justin Reed, you know, Leo. It's a sack. It's a sack. Leo. Like, they, does, they, yeah. make, they varied a lot of, like, who was coming a lot different, like a lot more than they had. Bolton came, I remember at least once. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like I don't know. Maybe I would like to know if maybe a they lot of guys got more. pressures this week. Yeah, a lot of guys yeah. got pressures this week. They got unblocked looks. They got you know, or you know, a running back steps into the gap and tries to block one of the guys that's coming. And uh, poor Justice Hill and Gus Edwards are gonna hate the Chiefs. Chiefs secondary. took that personally. Uh, yeah, they did. They 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 wanted. Nothing to do with the block attempts that were there by the by the running backs and pass pros. So, I, it is a testament to what Steve Spagnuolo builds each and every week. I know we're going to see a completely different game plan in two weeks, but I, I think what really is the takeaway from this series of games here? Because again, I, I know I said on the post game last night, but I wondered if we were going to see the next step up because the defense was so good all year long. I didn't know if we were going to see that that sort of spike in the postseason that we have, and it's been even better than I could have predicted. So there's going to be a game plan that's going to try and make Brock Purdy, try and make this 49ers offense play completely differently than they want to in the Super Bowl. I Obviously, I think we're going to be waiting to see what happens with Charles Menehue. That's going to be, you know, I think probably, I think that's probably the biggest one at this point. Yeah. I mean, you'd like well, to. Yeah. I mean, you obviously won him back, but Drew Drake will play his most snaps. Had an excellent. Unbelievable game. game. So, I mean, like, if Willie Gay can't go, does it stink? Absolutely. You'd prefer him to be there, but they do have a good, I don't even want to say backup. They have a good plan in his plays, but I don't think, they don't have another Charles Omenio. George Karloftis, no. very good game as well. There is just there's a little bit more juice to Charles O'Menohue, so pairing him with Chris Jones and then also George Claus, him being the, those three together do make a big difference. I don't think they have 
a plan B to Charles O'Minahue. There is no plan. It's hard to have a plan B for a guy that good. For one of your primary dying rushers. And people, I don't think, realize how good Charles O'Minahue has been the last half of the season either. Like they're not appreciative of it because he got that slow start and all that yeah. stuff. But he's awesome. Yeah, and and just to say, like the defensive line got tired versus the Ravens. And I'm not saying they, you know, will I mean, chasing Brock Purdy is not the same. We're playing that San Francisco 49ers offense. It's not the same as Lamar Jackson. But they could get a little gassed again too if you play a long game with a limited rotation by losing Omenihue or not being able to have him. So I just that I do think that is worth noting that that's the big injury news we're waiting on. I think he has said he wants to give it a go or he's got to be there and give it a go. We'll see, right? We will see as the week goes on kind of how this goes. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think. We'll see. I mean, we don't know for sure, but it's it's never a good sign to see someone out of a game get taken out of a game with a knee injury, a non-contact I know injury. that Charles is saying right now. It's like, does this look like a guy who's going to play or yeah. who's not going to play in the Super Bowl? No. Like, yeah. If game? He wants to be in this game, so we're not questioning his desire to oh, be yeah. there, but we, we are yeah. awaiting... Injury results, MRI results from him. Yes. And we'll see when we actually get answers on that. And, you know, I know Joe Tooney. We'll see what happens with him. Those are some of the big. That Peck was looking rough in the yeah, locker room. Lily Gay. Lots of bruising. Lily Gay had a nice locker room video um, of the Chiefs kind of celebrating and stuff. And Joe Tooney was <laughs> in there hanging out with everybody and, uh, you know, bruised up. There's some, there's some fun Are you videos. thinking about Donovan Smith? Don- Donovan Smith. Stop. I want to extend Donovan Smith just for his video. Sad. I almost hid this all the way until butt slap time, oh. and you guys just every single time. This is why we can't do this in person. <laughs> oh, we should. We because we're listening to each other. Let's just go to sticker slaps and spirits now. Perfect. That's fine. Uh, slaps coming up first. Okay, so with the butt slap, we're going to Donovan Smith, <laughs> not only for his fantastic play on the football field. He was great. Since, since Donovan Smith has returned from his neck injury, he has been very, very good at football. He has been holding down the left side giving up almost no bad pressures, very few just even whatever pressures, been very good in the run game again. Like I, It's almost almost like, I don't know, maybe his neck was a little hurt. Or getting pressed a little bit by a rookie kind of just got the got the juices flowing a little bit because he's playing better, a lot better in the run game. It's great during the game, but really this butt slap is for the uh, post-game video in which he is excellently calling Roquan Smith of the Baltimore Ravens, did a lot of trash-talking, Sad. sad. <laughs> you a sad ass because Roquan Smith talked so much trash during the game, before the game, and Donovan Smith just wanted everyone to know how sad he was to be up on that podium talking about the loss, how sad he had to be running his mouth that bad and still losing. So great job, Donovan. I can't follow that, but uh, helmet sticker. I'm going to go to Nick Allegretti. Stepped in and played a really strong game as well. Um, and just watch like, it. I think part of it's the post game emotions that we saw from him. Like, he's a very emotional player, and just really, you saw how much being a part of that game meant to him. He, you know, it sounds like you know he got a lot of really positive comments on social media before the game, kind of encouraging. So he kind of took all that, and and I think he acquitted himself quite well. Um, I don't, you know, I think he did a really, really good job. So. Um, credit to him stepping up in a big, big test against a very good defense. You didn't know he was there, and I think that's the point. That's the whole point of an offensive line. So a great job by Nick Allegretti. That's my helmet sticker. Whole last bottle of bourbon. Do it. Do it, yes. It's MBS. Um, I, I know that we shouted him out on the postgame plenty, but not enough can be said about what he has done, the journey that he has been through this year, what he has endured you know, and all of that. He was not good at parts 
this season. He was just not very good at times this season, but he was still on the field because he was one of the few guys that could line everybody up because he is such a terrific blocker. The Chiefs just couldn't trust him to throw the ball. And in one of the game's very biggest moments, the Chiefs went, you know what? We're going to throw the ball up to MBS. We are going to give him the opportunity to basically redeem himself in the eyes of every Chief fan out there, and he did. He stepped up in a giant moment. I fully believe that the Chiefs defense would have held the Ravens out of the end zone. Don't get me wrong. I, yes. I don't think that this was going to be a scenario where the Ravens come back and win this game, but that play, MVS making that play, adjusting to that ball, going up and get it, meant that all of the sudden here, they didn't have to try and go back out there. The offense helped the defense out. We have watched so many different playoff games where we have watched this offense carry this team, and we've simply asked the defense to go out and make a play, go out and try and do a thing. I think everybody remembers Nick Bolton in the Super Bowl. There are countless other examples where one guy made a play, and now all of a sudden we're in a scenario where we just ask the offense, make a play and go out and win this thing, and they did. I want to impromptu. Oh. Brett doesn't even know I'm doing this. So we give out like helmet stickers and the whole bottles of bourbon out um, for this Chiefs game. Uh, I would love for you, Brett Coleman, uh, to give out a whole bottle of bourbon to somebody for their performance in this Chiefs game. Oh God, uh, is Spags allowed? Yeah. Absolutely. First of all, one of the great. Has he not solidified himself as one of the greatest same level defensive coordinators mm-hmm. ever? Should go in the hall if it has to go to a player. Jerry Sneed, give him whatever amount of money is required. Um, I will say this is the second year in a row that I picked the Chiefs in August and then strayed from it and then don't walk up, back. Don't walk picking the playoffs. And I am now for the third time learning my lesson of when it gets to January, don't make it hard on yourself. Just pick the Chiefs. Okay. It's where they're going to be every single year for the rest of my days. Chiefs in the Super Bowl doesn't matter that they only scored 22 a game. Doesn't matter that they led the league at like tackles, giving up pressures like crazy. Who cares? As long as they have Pat, they have Andy, they have Spags, they have that defense. Nothing matters. I'm not even going to pay attention to this team until December. You 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 did tell me you are not going to do any videos about the Chiefs until December. I'm gonna I'm gonna pencil in. They're winning the AFC West. They're gonna have one of the top three seeds. They're gonna get a home playoff game. It's gonna be like negative a billion. <laughs> They're gonna beat Miami. They're gonna beat Buffalo. They're gonna go to the Super Bowl. There might be a fun little matchup, a fun little story, and then I'm just gonna pick them and I'm gonna sleep well at night. I'm I'm gonna make my life easier. We all gotta learn the lesson a couple times before we like it really sets it. And yeah, well I'm I'm going on three and I think I figured it out. <laughs> You're slow learner. It's okay. Hey, so, okay. Brett, who's who's winning the Super Bowl? Chiefs by six. That's going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you all Thank so you. much for listening. We appreciate Thank you, Brett. You. We appreciate our guy, Brett Coleman. We'll catch you later. They sad. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.